Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Exodus, chapter 20. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Commandment number one, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make yourself a carved image. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not covet anything of your neighbors. Therein, my people, is the Ten Commandments. If you've been with us, let's do a little bit of rehearsing here. We'll back up and then we can move forward a little bit. Remember, I told you here a little bit of audience participation. I told you that the commandments are divided into how many components? Very good. And the first component of the law divided into two components. The first component of the law is the law of God, number one. And then there's the law of Moses. And remember we talked about this, that they are different. The first component is the law of God. And remember we talked about the law of God is eternal. The law of God is unchanging. The law of God is binding upon all men for all time. And the Ten Commandments are the law of God. And then the second component of the law is the law of Moses. And we talked about that. The law of Moses deals with the ceremonial and civil aspects of the nation of Israel. And the law of Moses is applicable and binding and applies, are you listening, to Jewish people only, not to Gentiles. And it's very important that you make this distinction between the law of God and the law of Moses. And people who do not make that distinction, they really get things confused. And what happens is you find people under the law, under legalism, because they don't make that distinction between the law of God and the law of Moses. Remember, we talked about the contrast between the law of God and the law of Moses. The law of God was given audibly from Mount Sinai, and everyone heard it. The law of Moses was given privately to Moses. The law of God was written with the finger of God. Remember, we talked about that on the tablets of stone. The law of God was, the law of Moses, pardon me, was dictated from God to Moses, and Moses put them in writing. The law of God was miraculously preserved in the Ark of the Covenant, and the law of Moses was not to be kept in the Ark of the Covenant. Now listen, in Romans chapter 7, verse 7, Paul the Apostle wrote this. He said, what shall we say then? Is the law sin? Certainly not. On the contrary, Paul says, listen, I would not have known sin except through the law. 
For I would not have known covetousness unless the law has said, you shall not covet. In other words, Paul says the purpose of the law, listen to me close, the purpose of the law of Moses and the law of God was to set perimeters. The purpose of the law of Moses and the law of God was to show us how holy God is. Are you listening? How holy God is and how unholy we are. That's the purpose of the law. You see, and God knew that we couldn't keep the law. And that's why he established a sacrificial system for Israel as a means to have their sins forgiven. And God knows that we as Gentiles can't keep the law. And that's why he sent his own son as a sacrifice. Amen. For the forgiveness of sin. We are forgiven because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. So Paul says, as I read the law, the law showed me and pointed out to me how sinful I was and how holy he is. If you understand, say amen. Amen. That's huge. That's the purpose. Now, remember, we also point out before we move any further, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. He simplified the law. Remember in Mark chapter 12, you can read this in your own time, but Jesus summed up the Ten Commandments with two commandments. Jesus said, number one, love God. That's the first table of stone. And then number two, to love your neighbor, which is the second table of stone. Jesus said the Ten Commandments are summed up with loving God right and loving your neighbor right. We've talked about that. So far, if you've been with us, we have covered three of the Ten Commandments. Commandment number one, you shall have no other gods before me. That literally means you shall have no other gods in my face, remember, or in my presence. Commandment number two, you shall not make for yourself a carved image. Don't make any physical representation or worship any likeness of me, God said. And then commandment number three, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Remember, we talked about that the last time we gathered. And that sermon title, remember, was what's in a name. What's in a name? A lot is in a name when your name is God. Amen, (laughs) Amen, saints. A lot is in a name. We talked about that. If you missed any of our teachings, you can pick them up on CD in the bookstore. Tonight, we come to commandment number four. And, you know, I actually try to fit in like two or three commandments when I'm studying, but it just never works. So we just are taking one commandment each time we gather together. Tonight, we come to, yeah, ain't nothing wrong with it. And tonight, we come to commandment number four. And uh, remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. Let's read. Exodus chapter 20, we'll pick up in verse 8, read through verse 11, I'll come back and have some comments. Exodus chapter 20, in verse 8, saints, if you're there, say amen. Amen. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, God says. But on the, what day, saints? Seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In the seventh day you shall do no work. 
You, nor your sons, nor your daughters, nor your male servants, nor your female servants, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your house or your gates. For in six days, in verse 11, the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them. And God himself rested on what day? The seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and he made it holy. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. Keep in mind, if you've been with us, you know this. The children of Israel have been in bondage in Egypt for 400 years. Remember, they cried out to God and God sent them a deliverer. And his name was who? Moses. You know that. And Moses led two and a half million Israelis out of Egypt, backpacking on their way to their destiny, the promised land. And they finally come to this big rectangular pulpit in the distance. And God used Mount Sinai, they came to, as a pulpit to preach the greatest sermon ever to fall on the ears of men and giving them the Ten Commandments. You know, someone once said this, the Ten Commandments could accurately and appropriately be called the Tender Commandments. I like that because they reveal, as you read them, you can see that they reveal the tender heart of God toward his people. You see, there are many people, listen, that feel that the Ten Commandments are ten burdens, ten initiatives, Ten suggestions. Some people feel like the Ten Commandments are heavy, that they are burdensome. Listen, they're not heavy and they're not burdensome. First John chapter five and verse three, if you're taking notes, it says this. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. In other words, listen, if you want to experience God's love, you can experience God's love, according to John, by keeping his commandments and particularly talking about the tender commandments, particularly commandment number four is very tender. How so, Rodney? Because God is saying to his people, did you get that? I want you to take a day off. Y'all must not be excited about a day off. (laughs) I don't know about y'all, but somebody wave at me. I can get excited about a day off. God says, I want you to take a vacation. Now, you have to understand something. When the children of Israel, are you listening? When they heard this, they worked. I'm sure they just started jumping up and down. They were like all excited because you got to remember they were in Egypt in bondage for 400 years. They hadn't had a day off in 400 years. You think you've been working hard. They haven't had a day off in four. They were tired. That made me want to sing a song. I don't feel no ways tired. I mean, they were tired. They have been working in slavery for 400 years. God says, listen, take a day of rest. Honor it. Keep it holy. Keep it separate from all other days. God says, I want you to take one day in seven to set it apart. One day in seven to relax, rejoice, be revived, be renewed, reflect, and receive. 
You like all those R's, huh? Worked on that all week. God says, I want you to take a day off. And that's radical because taking a day off wasn't a part of really anyone's culture at the time that God said this. It wasn't a part of anyone's culture. It wasn't even a part of their own history. There is no evidence that Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob kept a Sabbath. So when God says, take a day off, take a day of rest, this was good news to the hearer. Now, and maybe you don't know, the word Sabbath literally comes from the Hebrew word Shabbat. Shabbat. And this word, if you're taking notes, you write this down. It literally means to cease or desist. Now, we often think of Sabbath as Saturday, don't we? We often do. Listen, Sabbath, the Sabbath doesn't mean Saturday. Saturday means Saturday. It means Saturday is one day in the week. Sabbath means simply this, saints. Stop working, chill out, cease, desist, quit doing what you always do during the other six days. That's what it means. The people of God, Jewish people, They, the Sabbath was, listen, the most important institution in all of Israel, in their minds. The Talmud, T-A-L-M-U-D, the Talmud, which is a book of traditions, listen to this, has 24 chapters listing various Sabbath laws, and here are some of them. You couldn't carry an object on the Sabbath that weighed more than a dried fig, If you had false teeth or prosthetic leg, you had to take them out or take it off because that would be considered carrying a burden on the Sabbath. The Talmud continues, listen, women couldn't look in a mirror on the Sabbath day for fear they might pull a gray hair. This is true. Women couldn't wear jewelry or hair weave on the Sabbath. Now, you know what that would look like today. Here's one that's pretty shocking. You couldn't take a bath on the Sabbath. I'm sorry, I just wanted to break the law. I don't know what to say. I got to take a bath. You couldn't take a bath on the Sabbath because water might spill out of the tub and you'd have to wipe it up and that would be considered work. You couldn't walk a certain distance on the Sabbath. You couldn't kindle a fire, cook a meal on the Sabbath. You were forbidden, get this, to tie a knot on the Sabbath. Except a woman could tie a knot in her girdle. (laughs) One sister said, well, thank you for that. (laughs) You're welcome. Listen to this. If a bucket of water had to be raised from a well, you couldn't tie a knot to the rope or tie a rope to the bucket, but a woman could tie her girdle to the bucket and then pull up the water. It's like, uh, okay, honey, I need some water. Uh, Give me that girdle. What do you say about that? People work so hard trying to not work on the Sabbath. This is why, maybe you can get some kind of picture here. This is why the Jewish people had problems with Jesus, because he didn't follow the traditions of the Sabbath. 
Don't you remember in Matthew chapter 12 as Jesus and his disciples are walking through a a field of wheat and and they're hungry and they reach out and they grab the heads off of some wheat and they rub the husk in their hands and they blew the chaff away and they popped it in their mouth. It's almost like they're walking through a field of granola. And so it's on the Sabbath. The Sabbath police, they said to Jesus, they said, aha, we caught you eating granola on the Sabbath. Now, how is it, you read Matthew 10, you'll see, how, Matthew 12, how is it that you catch someone eating granola on the Sabbath? What were they, lurking in the, in the weed or something with like binoculars? And they're like, oh, there they go, there they go. Aha, they're eating wheat. Well, they come up to Jesus and they said, we caught you. And don't you remember? And in fact, listen, according to their legalistic traditions, the Talmud, according to them, the disciples were, in fact, breaking the Sabbath because when they plucked the wheat, they were reaping. When they rubbed it in their hands, they were threshing. When they blew the chaff away, they were winnowing. And when they ate it, they prepared a meal on the Sabbath. They were breaking the Sabbath. But then in Mark chapter 2, as you read on, you find out that Jesus said and explained that the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. In other words, listen, the Sabbath, are you listening? The Sabbath was supposed to be a blessing, not a burden. The Sabbath was supposed to be a blessing to people. People don't exist for Sabbath. The Sabbath exists for people. And there are people who will tell you today, perhaps you'll be familiar with this. There are people who will tell you today that the Sabbath or Saturday is the only day that you should worship God. And if you don't worship on the Sabbath, they say, or Saturday, they go as far as to say you are worshiping the mark of the beast. Have you ever heard that from certain select groups? Good. Two people have. All right, good. Well, now you know. And they say you're worshiping the mark of the beast. And, 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 and they also say, which the mark of the beast, by the way, is Sunday for them. Very interesting. And they base that on, this is what they say. It was Constantine around 312 to 314 AD that changed the worship from Saturday to Sunday. And they say that Constantine brought in pagan practices and influence. This is what they say. Listen. Constantine didn't cause the church to worship on Sunday. If you know that, say amen. Amen. Constantine had nothing to do with, as a matter of fact, are you listening? The church worshiped on Sunday well before Constantine. I'm talking hundreds of years before Constantine. It's in Acts chapter 20. Perhaps you've been with us on Sunday morning. We see that the early church in Acts chapter 20 gradually shifted and switched from centering their services on the Sabbath day to the Lord's day. Why? Because if you were with us, you know that for two simple reasons. Number one, for commemoration. They were, the early church was commemorating the fact that Jesus rose from the dead on the first day of the week. 
And because they were commemorating the resurrection of Jesus, they began to meet on Sunday. Secondly, not only commemoration, but celebration. They were celebrating the coming of the Holy Spirit on Sunday to the early church. And that is why they shifted their meetings to commemorate the resurrection and to celebrate the coming of the Holy Spirit. So the Christians gathered on the first day of the week, which is Sunday. We need to understand something. The Sabbath was a covenant between God and Israel, not God and the church. I'll say that again in case you were asleep. The Sabbath is a covenant between God and Israel, not God and the church. The church was never, underscore bold, never obligated to keep the Sabbath. Acts chapter 15, don't you remember when the council gathered together to determine what to do about the Gentile believers who, were, who had just gotten saved and were coming to the church and, and, and they needed to you know, get in line with what was going on in the church and this council gathered together there in Acts chapter 15 and they came up with three things that were important for the Gentiles to obey. Number one, that they stay away from idols. Number two, that they stay away from fornication. And number three, that they stay away from meat that was strangled and offered to idols. And you want to notice from Acts chapter 15, there is no mention of them having to worship on the Sabbath or the keeping of the Sabbath. You understand? Romans chapter 14, verse 5, Paul the apostle says this, one person esteems one day above another, another esteems every day alike. Let each be fully, note this, convinced in his own mind, he who observes the day observes it to the Lord, and he who does not observe the day to the Lord, he does not observe it. So in other words, Paul is saying, listen, if you feel like you want to worship on Saturday, that's fine. And, and I have no problem with that. And people say to me, well, we, you know, I like to worship on Saturday. I have no problem with that. That's fine. I, me personally, I like to worship every day. Amen. Amen. Well, this side of the room seemed to agree with me. And this side right here, they don't know. Well, let me talk to you. <laughs> and you guys be quiet. I like to worship every day. How about you? Amen. Amen. And we all say amen together. Amen. That's what I'm saying. Amen. I worship every day. But listen, I only get a little problem when you say to me, I like to worship on Saturday and you should too. And if you don't, you're worshiping the mark of the beast. Well, now I have a problem. Because that's not what the Bible says. Listen, it doesn't matter what day you like to worship. You worship Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. That's fine. You worship in the morning. You worship at night. The, Paul's point in Romans is to say he esteems every day the same. Can I tell you something? Sunday isn't my Sabbath rest. Not for me, Pastor Rodney, personally. Sunday's not my Sabbath rest. I work on Sunday. Three services. Thank you, Mom. You know that. Three services. I work on Sunday. That's not my Sabbath. And then after pulpit time, then it's ministry time and fellowship time. And generally, Elvira and I are usually moving about about 17, 18 hours a day on Sunday. 
That is not my Sabbath. My Sabbath day of rest is Monday. I've told you and thank you for praying for me on Mondays. Things are going a lot better. Which tells me, amen. I'll wait. Thank you, Lord. Hey, but, but that also tells me that y'all weren't praying before that. Uh-huh, y'all slacking on the job. But Monday is my Sabbath. That's the day that I rest. That's the day that, that I do my very best to turn off my Blackberry. And I do my very best not to do emails, although I don't really do a good job. But, but I do my best to try to rest because that's the day that the Lord has given me for my Sabbath. But the important thing is that we have a day of rest. Amen, saints? That's the point about the Sabbath, is that you have a day of rest. And we live in a culture where, I don't know, have you noticed, it's increasingly more difficult to have a day of rest. And with the computer age, you know, things were supposed to, with the coming of the computer age, things were supposed to make life simpler. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.